Welcome to Canada's Property Management Podcast, your number one resource for investing, managing, and maximizing the value of your real estate assets. And now, here's your hosts, Carla Brown and Adrian Schultz, Canada's rental property experts. Hello, Adrian. Hi, I'm I'm adjusting, you know, for some reason I'm not centered in the screen. And since you, you know, routinely make fun of me on these episodes, I think it's really important that people get the full picture. Yeah, can you be like totally in the middle just like me because we're almost wearing the same color shirt? <laughs> so, you know when you hair, said can, you just, can I be in the middle, I was thinking politics again and I wanted to talk politics, but we won't do it today. <laughs> okay, let's get down to business. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about how to evaluate a potential investment property, because this is one that comes up where uh, someone, they want to buy a property, so now all of a sudden they're looking at houses for sale, right? And there's so much more that goes into this picture to figure out whether or not you are buying a good investment property. So you're an investor, Adrian. Let's start at the top and work us through some of the things that you would normally do when you've made the decision that now you're going to buy a property. Well, first of all, I think it's important that we point out the sort of the shiny car syndrome that many real estate investors get or shiny house syndrome, I guess, where, you know, you get a listing and it's a rental property or could be one. And it looks like it's in the price range that you think you would be able to do the deal. And you just want another rental so bad that you go and put in an offer, right? And you think, I don't care about the details because long-term, it's for sure a good investment, right? And with my first couple of investment properties, I was that way too. And sometimes when there's a little bit of money kicking around, I can sometimes be that way again. But I think it's really, really important that regardless of how much desire, how big the opportunity, or how much cash you have available for the down payment, that you really, really put it through these filters. And and first and foremost is when you're looking at that potential investment property, think about it as is at that current state, and of course, what it could be if you made necessary capital improvements, because those are actually two very different investment properties. And keep in mind, to get to number two, there's a lot of capital outlay. So I would argue when you're buying an investment property, even if you're experienced, your as-is scenario should probably be the number one priority to work through. Right. And I would say like, just going to what you were talking about, it's almost like taking that emotion out of the whole process. So the first thing is, is that investors, we have to understand that this is a business. Whether you're buying your 10th property, your 100th property, or your first property, you have to treat it like a business. So the emotions need to be removed from the equation. So in your mind, you should already have worked through some of the things you know you want and what you don't want. And I think this is a good time also to talk about the importance of having your power team together. So having your realtor and your mortgage broker ready to go because in the real estate market, with it being so active, a lot of investors didn't have time to think. And so you have to have all of this pre-worked out and pre-planned so that when you know this comes available, you're ready to go. Because if you have to sit back and then work through all of the numbers at that point in depth, you're going to lose out on that opportunity. And then emotions go really high when we start losing things, right? Yeah. Um, So that was such a great point to start us off with. So 
let's talk about if we're going to go through the whole process now. So we've determined whether it's going to be as is, or let's talk about if we're going to do some improvements, what that kind of looks like from a cost basis, what we need to be realizing as we go through that, that process and even buying. I mean, people don't realize there's a lot of, there's some capital outlay besides your down payment that has to happen just to buy a property as is. Oh, very much so. There's land transfer taxes, depending on the jurisdiction, as well as legal costs. And sometimes there can even be professional fees that are involved if you have multiple investment properties or you need a specific tax structure set up, right? So all of a sudden, you know, instead of having put down 20% down because it's an investment property, maybe your total cash outlay is more like 25% or maybe even 30% after you've made some of those initial capital improvements or repairs as dictated by the home inspection, right? So really being well-equipped. And I think you never want to use all your available capital when you're investing in a property. You should always have fallback. I'm not sure if I've ever bought an investment property and the hot water heater or the furnace or the air conditioner didn't go in the first 12 months, right? Like that's just, that's my blessing in life is that some mechanical system will fail. I think there's kind of like some allowances that you're going to have to factor in all the time when it comes to that, right? So you have to factor in the the maintenance allowance. You have to factor in vacancy allowance. Like all of these things need to be part of that whole analysis to make sure that what you are buying is something that you really truly can afford to buy because you can't buy it and then just think that this is my mortgage payment and I'm going to get that amount for rent and we're going to be sailing. Uh, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that in your own residence. You have to repair things as time goes on. And then, of course, we've got the, do you want to have it vacant or do you want to have tenants in place when you're acquiring the property? I know... Well, let's talk about this one. Yeah, this, this, this is a whole <laughs> new episode. But uh, personally... I definitely prefer for there to be tenants because I want to immediately be able to cash flow the property. But if you have tenants, you can throw your improved scenario temporarily out the window because you can't just get rid of tenants, right? What's your preference? Right. Well, I prefer vacant because I really like to choose the tenants because I'm pretty picky. Um, because I, I see problems all the time with what I call inherited tenants. And you, when you buy a property with a tenant, you have to really understand what you're, what you're buying. You have to understand what that lease agreement reads. You want to know more about them, as much information that you're able to get them, because there's some privacy stuff that falls into all of that as well. And then you now have to gain the trust of them because they might have really liked the owner before you. So, you know, there's personalities, there's all of these things. I mean, I think I'm pretty likable, don't you think, Adrian? Yes, but we can have differences of opinions. So so Carla right, likes exactly. Carla likes her investment property vacant when acquiring, and I like mine occupied. Usually we agree, but we're gonna disagree on that one. Current yeah. expenses. Um, one of the most commonly overlooked expenses and maybe opportunities I find is property insurance. Time and time again, I have seen performas reflect the insurance expense. It was actually being insured as a primary residence or as a secondary residence on a homeowner's policy. 
And the problem with that is is twofold. Number one, it's the wrong insurance, so it may not actually provide you adequate coverage, okay? But number two, it does not contain the necessary tenant coverage and lost rental income coverage if something goes wrong. And in today's residential insurance market, you really want to validate the insurance cost that you're being given. Just recently, I saw someone acquire a property. It was a duplex, and the annual insurance premium was $1,400. And when they went to insure it, it was $3,000, more than double. And that's because, in fact, it had been insured as a primary residence with a second suite. And that, that that's yeah. over $100 a month. That's a big amount of money on something like a duplex. So really digging into those current expenses line by line to validate them to assure that those will be your expenses under your ownership as well. Yeah, I think insurance is a whole other topic that we can really talk about to, to really make people understand not the importance of insurance, we all know that, but some things to really watch with different insurance brokers as you're going through this uh, purchasing of an investment property. The other part uh, that comes into play with that is the condo fees if you are buying a condo or a townhouse. Uh, I've heard a lot of stories of the ability for condos to get insurance is getting harder and harder out there in the marketplace across Canada. And so if you are buying a property and now you know what your mortgage amount is and you know what your taxes are and you know your taxes are going to kind of fluctuate a bit, you've got these condo fees. Those condo fees, they're very variable. (laughs) And they're out of your control. They're out of your controls, exactly. So you really need to investigate. Uh, we all get the estoppel certificate. People don't necessarily understand what that's all about. Make sure you have a good lawyer that's read through that thoroughly so you understand what you're buying so that you do have that safeguard. But I actually have really been advising our investors to stay away from the condos and townhouses right now just for that reason is that if you're looking for cash flow, it, it's hard right now. And just to give our listeners more insight on that, Condominium Corporation Insurance In Canada, this year, on renewal, the average premium is increasing upwards of 40%. Keep in mind that condo fees represents a very large portion. So your condo fees could actually increase theoretically by 40% or more as well year over year. And if you have that kind of an uncontrollable expense affect the cash flow of your investment property, it may be more of a place to flush money down the toilet than actually having a financial gain. So I agree with you. I love single family, duplexes, fourplexes, small multifamily, uh, where you are in control of the asset versus a condo board or a condo manager layered on top of the efforts of a, of a property manager of the rental unit. Yeah, I feel with this one, Adrian, we could probably have a part two because that whole condo part is another thing that I think we should really dive into because I don't think people understand I guess, how the condo fees are really derived, who dictates that, how that all works, what impact that can really have. And uh, so we could probably go on that one on a on a totally different podcast and give a little bit more information there. So insurance and condos are two more topics I think we need, need to do, I guess. But I think we need to wrap this one up. Is there any last minute things that you wanted to say on this one? You know what? Just get your team together and trust the professional advice of your real estate, mortgage, legal and accounting professionals and advisors 
Uh, there's a reason those professions exist and they will make you as a group more successful. 100%. And I'll add your insurance broker to that as well, because I think that they're a pretty important part of that power team. So, okay, that's it for today. So that is real property management. Thanks for listening to Canada's Property Management Podcast. If you like this episode, please subscribe and give us a rating, which will help us reach more listeners. Until next time, connect with us on social media and online at realpm.ca. Today's episode is brought to you by Century 21 Canada, the gold standard in real estate. Explore listings, find an agent, and get advice at www.c21.ca.